So today I'm going to be continuing our sermon series and, and God is, we looked at God is light, we've looked at God is knowable, we've looked at God is a father, and today I'm looking at um, God is love. God is love. Thank you to everyone that came out yesterday. I forgot to mention that. Thank you so much. It meant a lot. The, the church we, churches we partnered with are so grateful as well. So thank you to everybody that came yesterday. So I'm continuing the sermon series, God is Love. And we're going to be reading from 1 John chapter 4, from verse 7 to 14. It's going to come on the screen. I'd like us to read it together from the New Living Translation. It's the, my translation of choice this morning. Then after that, I'll pray, and we'll start the preach. 1 John 4, 7, beginning. I'll cue us in. Three, two, go. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you because you're here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because you're here. Thank you, Jesus, because you're here. We are grateful for an incredible time of worship and time of fellowship already through your Spirit speaking and encouraging us in various areas. As we look into your word this morning, Holy Spirit, I invite you to speak through me and help us to just learn a lot from this teaching today. And we pray that, Lord, you will stir our hearts again to, to love as you've commanded us, we pray. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. amen. So we're looking at God is love. One of the first things I want to quickly do before we get into the text is love in the scripture, the word love. There are many words that describe love in the scripture and the Bible. So there are many words. Greek words that in the New Testament. The New Testament was originally, originally written in Greek. So there are various words that describe love in, 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 the, in the New Testament. One is mania, the love. This is not really love. It's more or less like lost obsession. It's more of like um, um, a strong desire to possess something. It's, it's more lust. There's another one called storage. This is love between parents and children, sometimes referred to love between people and their ruler, or love between your dog, you know, a dog and his owner. There's eros, love between a husband and a wife. It means mostly sexual passion, passionate love. We have filial, another word. This, this is the idea of broadly friendship. 
It describes the love between two people from of common interests and experience, a fondness for. All these words describe love in the Bible. The final one is agape. Oh, agape. Agape love is one that is a love without conditions, unconditional love. It's a love, the kind of love that God has for us. And in the text we read, you saw love, love several times. If you go to the Greek word, it's agape that was being talked about there. Now, this is very important because for us to go into this text, I just wanted to say that it's not eros, it's not philios, it's not mania, it's not storage, it's agape that we're going to be talking about. Amen? I think that's very important. Agape love, God's love is unmerited. It's gracious and it's constantly seeking the benefit of the ones he loves. The Bible says we are undeserving recipients of his lavish agape love. God's demonstration of agape led to the sacrifice of his son. So this love, it's the kind of love that um, loves the unlovable and the unlovely. It's the kind of love that, it's, it's God's nature. God, it's like in, in verse 7, we're going to go there in a minute. Love comes from God because God is love. God, it's, it's, it is who God is. God is agape. That is who he is, and love emanates from him. So he's his nature to love, and he must stay true to his nature unconditionally. Agape is, is a love that is demonstrated through actions, not just words. Agape, it's agape love is not feelings. It's not just emotions. I feel, I feel good, so I love. I don't feel good today, I don't love. That's not agape. Agape is loving whether you feel good or you don't feel good. Loving because God commands you to do so. Agape is de described in the favorite verse. I'm going to give us a memory verse test now. John 3, 16. How many of us can quote that by heart? Three go. For God so loved the world that he gave. Stop there. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. Agape is it gives. It does. It does something. God didn't just love the world that he prayed and sang. God loved the world and he did what? He gave his only begotten son. So let's do the memory verse again. Three, six, ten, go. John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoso lives in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's agape. God loved us even when we didn't love him. I love the way another verse puts it brilliantly, and that's Romans 5, 8. It says, God commended his love towards us while we were still sinners. It's amazing. God was loving us when we, we, didn't, we didn't give a, 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 a care about who him or who he is. That's agape. Agape love demonstrated by God himself. He loved us even when we didn't love him. So agape love is a doing love. It's not feelings. Most times to display agape, you just have to do what you know Jesus has taught you to do. Not necessarily because you feel like doing it. Because most times you won't feel like doing it. 
it's very important that we must remember that the motive of our doing has to be because he commands us to. Have you remembered the favorite Bible verse, 1 Corinthians 13, that talks about love? You know, you might speak in tongues, you might do all this, and not love. If you notice, that lots of those stuff, it's actions. You need to do this, you need to do that. But it says you can do all of that and still not have love. So it, big, it begs a bigger question. Love is the heart behind what you, why you're doing what you're doing. Because I can be doing good things, actions, like I said earlier, love is about doing. But I'm doing it with a wrong motive. I'm doing it to show off. I'm doing it because to make a name for myself. I'm doing it because I want to feel good. That's not the purpose for showing agape. The purpose to display agape love is because God demonstrated that kind of love to you as well. So you're doing it in obedience to God, not because you want to make a name for yourself or to make yourself look holier than thou. Is that, is that helpful? Now, I'd like us to, to, in a moment, we're going to go into the text um, gradually and see what God says to us. So the, the thing I love about this preach is so practical. So it's like God demonstrated, verses 7, 8 to 9, God is love. You know, we should continue in love because love, God is love. Love comes from him. Then verse, from verse 11, it says, so we should love one another because God has loved us. The same way God has loved us, unconditionally. It's not human nature to love unconditionally. We like to love people that love us back. It's, we're very humans by nature. We're very transactional. What I, what's innate for me? Agape is almost a selfless kind of love. And it doesn't come to us naturally. And that's why we need the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, to help us through it. And that's why we must not beat ourselves up. The whole idea of this preach this morning is to encourage you again. Maybe you're getting tired of loving agape way and to remind us what agape love is all about. Amen. So how do we love? Verse 11 says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. So how do we love like he has loved us? Practically showing love to people who have offended you. Are you with me in church? People that have offended you in church. People that have hurt you. People that have disappointed you. People that have let you down. Which happens a lot. If you stay in church long enough, church folks are going to let you down. That's the truth. Offenses are going to come. Because that's the nature of the world we live in. So agape love, demonstrating agape love to one another is praying for the Father to forgive those that hurt you and still love them, even though they're hurting you. There's a picture of Jesus that blows my mind every time. Jesus was on the cross, right? The, the, horn, the torn on his head. And he was still praying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. These are people that set him up, betrayed him, they, what he didn't do, they made up lies. They hurt him so badly, yet on the cross, he was still praying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. It's amazing. How can you love someone that's deliberately, every time, hurting you? <laughs> it's hard. It is, if we'll be honest. But that, do you know the beauty about agape? It's true that the world will see the love of Christ. 
through the display of, because someone doesn't understand, why am I deliberately hurting, or let's even assume he's not deliberately doing it. And you're choosing to press through that to still love the person unconditionally. Amen. It's a, it's agape love is acting against your feelings or your will to do God's will, as revealed in the Bible. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, not, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's agape. There are many times your personal will will not want to show love. Your personal will will not want to talk to that person. Your personal will we want to avoid that person. But agape love will be calling you to, you know, you know you need to call. You need to still say hello. You need to still show some love. Agape love is stepping out of our comfort zone. Agape love is speaking the truth in love. So oftentimes, agape does not mean not, you know, just sweep things under the carpet every time. Part of agape is speaking the truth in love. Ephesians 4, 15 says, speak the truth in love. So there are times out of agape, because you know, it's very easy when someone keeps offending you to just keep it yourself. I don't ruffle any feathers. And, but agape commands you that you should seek peace. And part of seeking peace is speak the truth in love. In love. There's a guidance to it, Matthew 18, from verse 15 to 18, if you want to read that. Matthew 18, verses, 18 to 15, I mean, verses 15 to 18. There's a procedure to do it the Bible gives, gives us. Go to the person one-on-one and say, sorry, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but this you're doing is constantly hurting me. You might not be aware. Just, I just felt, let me let you know. If it's not working, the Bible says, get somebody else. If it's still not working, then get the elders. There's a procedure to doing it. So agape love is not just... You sweep it under the carpet, nothing. Because the danger of always sweeping it under the carpet, that over time becomes a mountain. And the devil takes advantage of it. And there's this, unit, this hatred is coming into the church. Bitterness. The relational temperature is cold because you've allowed a lot of things to fester. Amen. Is the Lord blessing someone this morning? If, you, if the Lord is speaking to you, say amen. amen. <laughs> so let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 starts by saying, let us, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. The, the point, the, part of, the word I want to emphasize is continue. If you've been a Christian for a long time, it's very difficult to continue loving. Yes. I'm being honest with you. At times you just get tired. But this morning I just feel like God's saying he wants to just speak to us around this issue of continuing. Continuity in loving, in agape. So I just want to run through a number of things that, what could be the thing standing in the way of us continuing in love as a church, as Reading Family Church, those of us online, what is it that is standing in the way? The first one is misunderstanding what agape love is. Agape is not filial, it's not feeling, it's not emotional. That's one thing that stands there because a lot of people feel, I need to feel most times you will not feel it, but I'm doing it because God, this is what God expects me to do. So you step out in obedience to God and love for him. So never misunderstand agape to mean filios or to mean errors. Because the word, I love you, I love you. God, is, is, it's work. It's something you must do. It's something you must get invested in. It's hard work. But the good thing is it's not a work you need to do by your power. The Holy Spirit is there to help you as Christians. Very important. 
If you rely on your own power, you're going to burn out. Yes. But if you learn how to say, Holy Spirit, just help me. I know you, this is what you want me to do. My flesh, everything within me doesn't want to do it. But I choose to walk in obedience. You'll be amazed by the power of the gospel of love. How it's going to flow through when you step out. Every time you step out. In this church family, in your friend, your own family, biological family, any time you step out in love, extended family, community, neighborhood, place of work, it's powerful. That's what unleashes the power of the gospel because that's how he loved us in the first place. The devil doesn't like that. So he, it's so easy, don't say anything. Oh, just draw the line. Avoid him. So never misunderstand agape. The other thing that makes us, not, makes us not to continue in love is offenses. Offenses. A lot of us are very quick to get offended. A lot of us, myself inclusive, might cause offense. Do you know at times unknowingly you might cause offense? Offenses will come. But we must not allow that to rule us. Jesus said, blessed are those, I mean, in Matthew eleven six, offenses will come. Luke 17, verses 1 to 5, talked about offenses and why we should forgive. So offenses will come. And I don't know this morning if you have been offended. I mean, in the church here, you've been offended by me, by the elders, one of the elders, by one member of the church service units, by somebody else as a member of this church. Can I encourage you to forgive? Because that's what agape teaches us to. You can't keep holding on to that and, and want to continue in love. I'm always humbled by John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist said, Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He had this powerful revelation. He was prophesying this, the son, I'm the voice of him crying in the wilderness. But do you know John the Baptist, at a point, he became offended in Jesus. He became offended in Jesus. So any, it's easy, no matter how anointed you are, how prophetic you are for you to get caught up in offense. It's very easy. It's very easy, and that's why we should watch our hearts. If I've offended you, if any of the leadership has offended, please, we ask that you forgive us. We're sorry. That it's not deliberate. And, and there's some times that you might need to take the next step to do what I said earlier, speak the truth in love, come to us. I don't know, David, if you're aware, the other day you said this, and it did this, oh, and I, I trust myself. I will be quick to apologize to you. That was never my intention. And I know most of the elders, I mean, all the elders would do the same. Sorry, not most of the elders, all the elders. <laughs> all the elders. <laughs> Amen. So can I encourage you? Let's do that to one another. It's so powerful. There's, it says, you know the Lord's Prayer. It says, forgive others your trespasses. I have forgiven you. How would you be a Christian if you keep holding on to offenses? The other thing that lets us not continue in love is filled expectations. You know, some of us, we have, to be honest, unrealistic expectations. Oftentimes, we tend to forget that we are all human beings, <laughs> all flawed. Have you noticed that we are very gracious to ourselves with expectations, but not so gracious to others? <laughs> For example, in the morning, you set out, I'm going to do this, do that, do that. At the end of the day, you don't, you don't do even half of it, but you're gracious. You, say, you don't beat yourself up. Oh, another day, I'll try but let somebody else promises you, to, I will do this for you, do that. And they don't do, you get so worked up. Why? You know, and, but the reality is, if we remember that we all have weakness, we're all flawed. So why am I so high? We're standing on my high horse all of a sudden because someone did not meet up my expectation. 
Jesus even warned us not to do that. Jeremiah 17 verse 5 says, don't put your trust in, in humans because they will fail you. Don't even, put your, don't even trust yourself. <laughs> Say, trust in the Lord. It's very easy to just like trust yourself. Trust, I expect him to do. I expect, I expect. And people will let you down. But if you learn to trust the Lord, it helps you to be able to continue in love. Because when someone does something, oh, and, oh well. I also mess up at times. I also fall. I make mistakes. So you become more gracious and more easy for you to forgive. Amen. Amen. Another thing that makes us not to continue in love is an entitlement mentality. Entitlement mentality. So I'm going to explain what that means. It's when you expect everybody to do something for you. And you, you're, you're always like, so who's going to do this for me? It's almost like a selfish mindset. Who is going to do this for me? Oh, they're not doing this to me. They're not doing this for me. The, the question is, what are you doing for others? The gospel of Jesus is about others. It's doing things for other people. Agape is about not yourself. It's about others. So I, can I encourage you this morning, if you're in this church, and like, oh, the church is not doing this for me. The church is not doing that. Can I encourage you? Find what God has placed you here to do for this body of Christ. Because there's something powerful about that. When you start serving others, the Bible says what you sow, you will reap. When you get busy about looking after others, it's so powerful. Nobody's calling me. Nobody has done this for me. The question is, what have you done for people? I'm not, we are not doing it for the reason because we want people to do it back to us. But I tell you, having this mindset to always serving, serving all these people, not always having this entitlement mindset, liberates you or liberates us to continue in our gap. Amen. Another thing that helps us not to continue is hearts from injustice. I don't know, you don't need to raise your hand. Injustice is very painful. If you know you're being treated unjustly, something you were meant for a promotion, they gave it to somebody else. You know, you, you've, you've seen a lot of injustice from a systemic level, from an individual. It's hard to continue to love. Because you're, you're with a lot of pain. One of the things while I was preparing for this preach, I felt God say to me, he wants to heal hearts, whether from injustice, from offenses, from pain. God wants to, to heal that. Can I encourage you? God is the one that has the final say. And not institutions, not systems, not individuals. So if you're hot, people are treating you unjustly, just keep loving. Do you know why? Because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him in continuing agape. Keep loving. Because he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He will come true for you in a way that you're like, oh, it really pays to walk in obedience. That's, I'm telling all through scriptures, this is food. On what Joseph ex experienced was injustice from his brothers, from Potiphar's wife. But in all, from, from faith, he had injustice everywhere, but when it was time, the, the master of the universe, who is the divine strategist that knows how to work all things together for good, made sure that the prophecy of his life came to pass. Nobody holds your life. You're giving people too much power to feel that, oh, they did this to me. But yes, they did that to you, but the God will serve can turn it around for your good. 
And that's what, so it's, it just encourages you to continue in loving, even when you're faced with injustice. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to downplay it. I know it can be hard. And I see, and God sees you this morning and wants to heal that pain from all these hearts. But would you release it to him this morning? I've talked about speaking the truth in love. I'm going to round up with verse 13. Verse 13 says, please, can you put it up on the screen? Thank you. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. When I was reading this these passages of scriptures, that was so encouraging for me because that's, that's the key. <laughs> this verse is the anchor to fulfilling working in agape. The spirit that God has put in us. The scripture says it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. For us to love agape, for us to do agape as a church community, it's by the spirit. And we just finished the series on community of the spirit. We must learn how to lean in to the spirit as a community and as, as individuals. We cannot love by our power. You're going to get tired. Honestly, you will burn out. In fact, it's not sustainable. That's the truth. Because humor will get tired. But the spirit can give you strength. And if you can be honest and realistic. To, you see, at times, I feel at times we try to... Um, Put a mask before God. Don't do that to God. Just tell, be real to him. Say, God, I'm really struggling this morning. I'm really struggling with this particular colleague. I'm really struggling to do agape here. But I know you command me to do agape. So Holy Spirit, help me. He will come true. And somehow as you step out, you will see, some, you will see the power of the love of God unlock in that's your place of work, in your community, in that your family, in, in this church family. We don't want to be a church family that is full of, you know, people that are not walking this talk. We want to be people that walk agape. God, because that is who God is. As we're going to, in a minute, I'm going to be praying and we're going to pray for one another. But before I go into ministry time, I just want to give an opportunity for as many here that have not given their life to Jesus. You may be watching on culture or you're watching online. The reason why I say this, the whole point of the Christian faith is agape. Remember the verse I read earlier? God loved us even while we were still sinners. He loves you. That's why he sent Jesus to die for you. If you're not yet made a commitment to follow Jesus, this will be a great time to do that. Make a commitment. We just had what the stories we shared from Reading Music Festival. People are searching. People are searching. Jesus is the answer. He wants you. He wants to develop a relationship with you. So I want to encourage you this morning. If you have not made that decision to make, make a commitment to follow Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Can we bow our heads? And if you want to make a commitment to give Jesus your life, could you to raise your hands up? Then I'll pray with you and and. We trust God to, to begin this journey. Many of us in this room made this decision many, many years ago. And God has helped us to follow. Yeah, and, and I feel he wants to do that. If you're there, please, could you raise your hand? And I'll pray a quick prayer of faith. Then I'll catch up with you after the meeting. Anyone hands raised? Anyone, please? 
you know you've been coming to church a lot, but you've, you, you can't remember ever making a commitment to following Jesus, this will be a great time. I'm searching anyone online. If you're making a commitment, I will pray in a minute just to give people online opportunity that I can see. Okay, no one in the room. I'm going to pray now for those just because I'm trusting God for this. Maybe someone is raising up their hands in your room online. Say these words after me. Lord Jesus, I, I commit my life to you this morning. I, I ask that you come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. Today, I make a commitment to be a follower of you. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live a Christian life. Help me. I accept this gift that you gave on the cross. Come into my heart today, Jesus, and help me to become a Christian. Today I become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, become born again to follow you to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, please reach out to us in the church office. The, the, the emails are it's there on the website. Give us a call. We want to help you in this journey. And right now, um, Dan, please, could you just come up? We're going to take, play some songs. But before that, the first prayer we're going to be praying, a couple of prayers, is for, to ask God to forgive us. You know, to ask God to forgive us for when we have not been walking in agape, you know, where we just get so walked up. You know, you've been so hot, you know, and God expects us to love the way he loved us, unconditionally, not expecting anything in return. But most times we love and we want people to do it back to us. I felt the first prayer I want us to pray is, Father, forgive me Forgive us as a church when we have not walked in agape, when we've easily just gone to the other types of love, expecting favors, things in return. I think that's a good place to start to pray. So can we all stand if you're able? And we're going to pray. The first prayer is a prayer of forgiveness. You know, right now as church collectively, can we open our mouths and pray and say, Father, forgive. I'll, I'll stop speaking out so that we can all pray. Do business with God and say, Father, forgive us. Forgive me. Do it personally, then pray corporately. 